Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We are doing a mini-series on the fear of God. This teaching was made some time ago. Apology for the quality of the sound. We hope this teaching will be a blessing to you. What is the importance or predominance of the fear of God in the Bible? The fear of the Lord is very, very important in the revelation of the Scripture. When you read through the Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament, you will notice that you come across this concept of the fear of the Lord over and over and over again. In fact, you will come across this concept of the fear of the Lord in every single book of the Bible, either as a concept that is illustrated in one story or the other, or in the teaching of the various author of the human author of the Bible. For example, somebody has counted and said that the fear, the word, the fear of the Lord is actually used about 278 times in the whole Bible. About I'm talking about when the word is used, the fear of the Lord, that is being used about 278 times in the whole Bible. 235 times of that was used in the Old Testament and 43 times it was used in the New Testament. So for three times in the New Testament. Obviously, there are so many other examples and illustration of the fear of the Lord in various stories that we read from the scripture. Fear is one of the name of God among the rabbis. So in answering your question, the revelation of the fear of the Lord is so prominent in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Oftentimes, when you start talking about the fear of God, people often say that, oh, the fear of God is a concept in the Old Testament, but not in the New Testament. I believe that as we look into the scripture, like I said, for three times, this concept was actually used in the New Testament. And some people will say, well, if it is before the cross, if it is before Pentecost, no. I will show you from the scripture that actually, even after the cross, even after Pentecost, in the writing of Paul, the apostle, the concept of the fear of the Lord was very, very important. Now, what I'm going to do in answering this question further is to look at some examples that we cannot possibly read through all the 278 times that this word was used in the scripture. But what I will do by the grace of God in answering this question is to just look at some sample of the scripture in the Old Testament as a sample of the scripture in the New Testament that underline the importance and the prominence of this concept of the fear of the Lord. But first, John Murray, book on ethics, has a chapter on the fear of the Lord. And this is the way he opened the chapter. He said, the fear of God is the soul of godliness. He said, the fear of God is the soul of godliness. The fear of God is the soul of godliness. Take the fear of God out and there is no godliness. When there is no fear of the Lord, when people want to walk in godliness, it becomes an act that people put on like the Pharisees. It becomes a legalistic thing. But the very heart, the very life of godliness is the fear of the Lord. So let's let's look at some examples in the Old Testament first of the importance and the pervasiveness and the prominence of the fear of the Lord in the Bible. Now, I'm going to first of all read from Genesis chapter 31. This was talking about Jacob. You remember when Jacob ran away from his uncle Laban and Laban chased after him 
cut him off. Jacob, in talking, says something. Verse 42. He said, Except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac has been with me, surely thou hast sent me away now empty. But God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hand, and has rebuked thee yesternight. You know, normally we talk about the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Now, this is Jacob talking. Then he said, except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, but rather than saying the God of Isaac, he called God the fear of Isaac. Remember what I said, that fear is one of the names that God is called among the rabbis. Here, Jacob called God the fear of his father. Number one, he's using fear as a synonym for the name of God. Number two, he's saying at the center of Isaac's work with God was this concept of fear. So much prominent was this in Isaac's relationship with God that Jacob came to call the God of his father, the God of Isaac, he came to call that God the fear of Isaac. In other words, Isaac walked in the fear of the Lord. Isaac so much walked in the fear of the Lord that his son said, you know what? My father feared God. The God of Abraham is the fear of my father. In verse 53 of the same verse, it reads, The God of Abraham and the God of Nahor and the God of their father judged between us. And Jacob swore by the fear of his father, Isaac. Isaac feared God. That the one thing that Isaac feared is God. Central to Isaac's work with God is this concept of fear so much more that his son Jacob called the God of Isaac the fear of Isaac. Now, if I ask you to give me one scripture about the fear of the Lord, most likely the scripture that most people will quote, even unbeliever, will be the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, isn't it? That scripture was repeated twice in the Bible. Psalm 111 verse 10 and Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10. And Proverbs 117 also says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you look at the meaning of that word beginning in the Hebrew word, it doesn't just mean the first. Now, it does mean the first. It just it does mean the start. But that word beginning means much more than just the start. But it also means that the fear of the Lord is the principal thing. The fear of the Lord is the shift, that the fear of the Lord is the choicest part. Of wisdom. In other words, the fear of the Lord is the main, is the heart, is the most important, is the very chief, is the very heart of wisdom. In other words, without the fear of the Lord, there is no wisdom. Without the fear of the Lord, there is no knowledge. So the fear of the Lord is at the heart of godliness. The fear of the Lord is at the heart of wisdom. In other words, the knowledge of God is the fear of God. The wisdom of God is the fear of God. For us to walk in the knowledge of God or to walk in the wisdom of God, we must be walking in the fear of the Lord. If you don't have the fear of the Lord, your wisdom is not the wisdom of God. Your knowledge is not the knowledge of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let's let's move on. I still want to establish the very importance and prominence of the fear of the Lord in the Scripture. Moses, in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12, when he was speaking, 
to the children of Israel, recounting the things that the Lord has done for them. Moses said this in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. Moses said, And now, Israel, what the Lord thy God required of thee, but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. What does the Lord thy God require of thee? To fear the Lord thy God. To fear the Lord thy God. This is at the heart. And if we fear the Lord, if we fear God, then we will be able to walk in his ways. We will be able to love him. We will be able to serve him. Now, fear here is just opposed with love. That if we fear God, this godly fear, that if we fear God, we will work with him. <laughs> that it takes the fear of God to walk with God. It takes the fear of God to love God. It takes the fear of God to serve God. Maybe the reason why we are not working and loving and serving God as we should is because we don't fear him. I know I've alluded to this as I was answering previous questions that at the heart of the fear of the Lord, obviously, is the knowledge of God. Okay? But we'll hopefully we'll come to that. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandment, for this is the whole duty of man. Isaiah chapter 33 verses 5 and 6, the Lord is exalted for he dwell on high. He has filled Zion with judgment and righteousness, and wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy time, and strength and salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. In other words, the fear of God is a treasure. No treasure is treasure outside the fear of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 8 verses 12 and 13, it says, Say you not a confederacy to all them to whom these people shall say a confederacy. Neither fear you their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. If we don't fear God, we will fear man. In fact, the reason why we are afraid of men, the reason why we are afraid of all the things is because we don't fear God. When we fear God as we should fear Him, it will cure us of the fear of man. It will cure us of the dread of man. If we know God like we should know Him, we will fear Him. This verse is saying that let God be your fear. Now, let me give you this example. Let's say an individual is afraid of rat and saw a rat and started running away from the rat down this narrow road, you know, you're running away from this rat because you're afraid of rat. But as you are running down this narrow road, right in front of you, some distance ahead, you saw a lion, a growling, roaring lion that looks like it is hungry. Here comes a bigger fear. Here comes a bigger dread than what you are running away from. Do you know that the fear of the lion will immediately cure you? Of the fear of the rat, because now there is a bigger fear. Now there is a bigger dread. Obviously, you turn back. You you turn now and face the rat. Now you are not afraid of the rat again because there is a bigger dread. There is a bigger dread. There is a bigger fear. The Bible says, "Let God be your fear, and let Him alone be your dread." 
there is actually a parallel scripture from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ himself that is like what I've just read here in Isaiah chapter 8. Praise them. So I'm answering that question, the, the prominence, the importance of the fear of the Lord in the scripture. Now let's look at some example in the New Testament. I will read first from Matthew chapter 10. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. God should be our fear. Yes, men can kill the body, but they cannot kill the soul. But there is one who can kill both the soul and the body, who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. And he is the one whom we should fear. And this fear of God actually deliver us, break the stronghold of the fear of men from our life. Now, let me just, I'm just going to pick a couple of other questions from the New Testament just to underscore. Remember what we said that 43 times in the New Testament, the fear of the Lord is used. And in addition to that, we also have example and illustration of men and women that walk in the fear of the Lord. Luke chapter 23, verses 39 and 40. Luke chapter 23, this was the story of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. I remember two thieves were crucified beside him. And one of the male factors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other one answering rebuked the other thief, saying, Does not thou fear God? Now, there's something about this thief. You remember... He was the one that turned to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, Remember me when you get to the throne of your father. And the Lord Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise. What was it? What was the revelation that this team got on the cross? It was the revelation of the fear of God. He was talking to the other team and said, Don't you fear God? Somehow, I don't know how God did it. <laughs> Somehow, God revealed himself to this thief in all this that was going on. And he came to a knowledge of God that brought the fear of God to his heart. Such that he turned to the Lord Jesus and on that cross, he was saved. Now, let's move on quickly. Now, concerning the church in the book of Acts, Chapter 9, verse 23, Acts chapter 9, verse 23, the Bible says that then had the churches rest throughout all Judea. This was after the, the salvation of, of Saul, who later became Paul. I mean, he was persecuting the church. Now, let's read Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified. Now, listen. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, and they were multiplied. The Bible says that the early church, the first church, they work in the fear of the Lord. And see again how that is just opposed with the comfort of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that they were multiplied. The church walked in the fear of God, and they were multiplied. Maybe. Maybe the secret to growing church is not in all this method that we are being taught. Now, there's nothing wrong in method. Maybe the secret of church growth is the church walking in the fear of the Lord. That when we walk in the fear of the Lord, we will see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit that will draw in the soul 
into the kingdom of God. The Bible says that the early church, they walk in the fear of the Lord, in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, and the church grew, the church multiplied. I am answering that question. The importance and the prominence of the fear of the Lord in the Bible, in the scripture as a whole, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, the Bible says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You and I cannot walk in holiness if we don't fear God. <laughs> You know, the Bible says that without holiness, no man can see the Lord. So, so we are talking about something that is important, that is the chief, that is at the central. The Bible says that the way you and I will perfect holiness is in the fear of the Lord. That it is so easy for people to put on do's and don'ts, to, you know, to work in legalism. But the Bible says here that the way you and I are to perfect holiness is in the fear of the Lord. That if I fear God, the outcome of that will be a life that work in purity, a life that work in holiness. Praise the Lord. Now let's read one more before I round up. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 because this brings it home to our relationship. Marriage, parent, homes, friends. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Why would not submit to the husband? Husband will not submit to the wife. Children will not submit to their parents if they don't have the fear of God. The Bible says, submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. Why is there so much division and confusion and divorce even in the church today? It's because husband and wife don't walk in the fear of God. If you understand that God is there, God sees you. God sees your heart. Okay, other people may not see you, we may lie to other people, but God says if we have the fear of God that you and I are going to stand before God one day and we are going to give an account of how we treat our husband, how we treated our husband, how we treated our wife, how we treated our children, how we treated our parents, how we treated our friends, the church of God, how we treated our employer and employee. The Bible says that when we understand that, when we walk in the fear of the Lord, then it will beautify our relationship. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.